I think I've done pretty well. I've ended up with 13 A stars. So. Um, some it's a bit mixed. Some are some some are better than I expected, and two I'm quite disappointed in. But I'm gonna have a chat to Mr. Cameron now and and see see where I can go from here. Well, I got 12 A stars. Uh, did a lot of revision for it. Yeah. Had to. <laughs> I got seven C's today. That's, that's everything I wanted. It's been a huge fortnight for the island's students who have been working towards both their GCSEs and A levels. This week on Perspective, we take a look back. The Nation Station, Manx Radio. Lemai, good day, and welcome to this week's episode of Perspective. I'm Dolan Mercer. William King's here. Faster my will. Faster my doll. So what have we got on the programme this week? Well, for many, the wait is finally over. After months of hard work, study and revision, hundreds of the island students have been looking to the future this past fortnight as GCSE and A-level results were released across the British Isles. It was A-levels up first last Thursday, the 15th of August. And for lots of A-level students, of course, that's their final foray into formal education before they head for the world of work. Alex Watton spoke to Sally Fenton from recruitment agency Search and Select. How important are qualifications like these in a traditional sense when recruiters are looking for new employees? At Search and Select we have a really broad array of clients in different industries, different sectors, so it does vary a little bit. But as a standard, we still do look for five GCSEs as C and above. Uh, Companies do particularly focus on English and maths as well, so five GCSEs. Um, C and above in English and maths as a minimum is usually preferred. When it comes to A-level standard then, I think that's probably the, the one area that's changed quite a bit over the years in terms of placements and apprenticeships, BTECs, various courses at the college of course here. How much of those do you look at as well? Do you get a lot of that? Yes, we see that more than GCSE school leavers. People tend to go on into either a vocational uh, career after GCSEs if they don't do their A-levels, so tend to come less into the office space perhaps. A-levels or AS-levels now, so we often see people coming out of year 12 rather than just year 12 and 13. And employers seem to like that because they have that extra little uh, year of maturity. They've got maybe perhaps a little bit more work experience gained from a Saturday day job or a weekend or evening job so they've gained some interaction with customers and they have uh, had that opportunity to gain some work experience. I suppose since full-time education up until the age of 18 has become compulsory have you seen a change is that where you've seen more of those kind of courses or training come through or has it just been a gradual increase? We've seen it go in cycles, so apprenticeships have returned. Um, that We were quite busy with apprenticeships last year. There doesn't seem to be as many this year, but it's still only August, so there's time for employees to consider what they do. The, the cycles of, and trends have stayed similar, um, but it tends to be that school leavers tend to take a little bit longer to look, so they enjoy the summer off, whereas uh, they used to be queuing at the door. And do you see still the same similar numbers of people going off to university and coming back or is that something you're aware of? That's definitely been a significant change. So since the uh, changes of funding and structure that the Isle of Man government put in place to support A-level school leavers going to university, um, we've definitely seen a lot less 
going um, and employers have changed their onboarding route to be able to take people from A-levels and start say a training scheme then rather than from degree level so they might have two routes to a qualification going on now that might take a bit longer if you start with your A-levels possibly depending on the pathway um, so we have seen that's probably been the biggest adjustment. Is there a, a sort of nearby figure on that or is it just a, a loss? Um, I wouldn't say I've got a particular figure to hand. I would just say it's evidential that that happens we, and we see a lot more A-level school leavers whereas a lot of them would usually take the route to university. And with that loss of people seemingly heading off to university, are you seeing increases elsewhere? Just seen an increase of people starting their career early, particularly in the accountancy sector. So it's there where they may start CAT, which is um, or ACCA routes. So in the practices here on the Isle of Man, or perhaps even in industry, they're starting that qualification now rather than going to university first. And do you think there's that is that because that industry is so big on the island that, that that's where people fall? Or? I think um, the accountancy practices have had to adapt because there's young talent coming through that maybe you know the financial situation isn't um, applicable to them, so they can't go to, on to further education. So why miss out on a good person um, based on the fact they haven't gone to university for financial means? So businesses are changing the way they, they sort of structure their training then? Yes, yeah. yes, that's been done. Uh, in terms of how many people you place, of course you're, you're a recruitment agency so you all manner of people of all ages, are you seeing how mu- what proportion of the people that you're sort of trying to place are within that sort of school age? It varies year on year depending on uh, age group, uh, you, you know, um, decision make, decisions made across uh, the people that are leaving school, results, do they repeat a year, um, do they go travelling, uh, do they do something completely different, do they leave the island, um, it really does vary year on year. You mentioned travelling there, does that have a, a role to play when people have perhaps studied abroad or gone and done some kind of training or volunteering elsewhere, is that, is that seen as a, a qualification in its own right? We do see that more and more. Um, a lot of people do either you know, temp for a year or take a contract for a couple of years um, to save some money to go travelling. It's certainly something people enjoy or do a placement or do a, a ski season or do a Camp America or teaching English as a foreign language. They're all common things that we see. Um, and it certainly helps. It helps with life experience when you go into the workplace, particularly if you've worked when you've been traveling. That also helps. So, you know, the cultural differences, time zones, appreciating the geography of um, the world that we live in all adds to somebody's personality. From your perspective, do you see employers being slightly more open minded now with the kinds of qualifications they'll accept at the same sort of level? Yes, I mean, there's different routes and pathways, so it's understanding and keeping abreast. Uh, it's something we have to do, you know, on an annual basis. You know, the equivalent, you know, perhaps what a BTEC or a H&D, what are they equivalent to? Or if someone's perhaps taken a different route that isn't your typical schooling route, what, what level does that educate them to? How does that translate into the workplace? But it depends on what level of education they have, because at the end of the day, as long as they've got the minimum, it's then down to some work experience, personality, how they interview, how well do they prepare, how interested are they in the role and team fit. We touched on apprentices then, it seems to be much more of that going on. How much does the salary play a part? Because of course on the Isle of Man we are seen as a slightly more affluent marketplace if nothing else. 
Yeah, apprenticeships, we have seen an increase, uh, particularly in our financial services clients. And they're a fantastic opportunity to get, you get to go in and you get to work in lots of different areas within that financial institution. So let's take a bank, you get to work in all the different areas to see what you like, perhaps what you're strong at, perhaps what you you you, you enjoy less. Um, that often comes at a, you know, a basic starting salary, but we do really... Um, ask our candidates to consider those opportunities because it's not where you start it's where you finish so to look past the starting salary because you really get the exposure that you wouldn't get to elsewhere um, we have you know specialists in house at search and select and have done for the last 21 years that are dealing with school leavers a level gcse university um, that can help and guide um, individuals when they when they reach this stage of their life getting a first job is always the toughest hurdle but we're here to help and support sharing opportunities industry education you know they may they may have no idea what they want to do so what exists here on the Isle of Man uh, and what does a job like that look like in that company interview preparation what questions may you be asked um, what they could ask, what you know, people expect you to ask questions after an interview, routes and pathways that you would never have thought of are all things that by meeting with a search and select consultant, you can start to have your eyes wide open, but feel supported and less shocked into, wow, this is a big step into the big wide world now. That was Sally Fenton from recruitment agency Search and Select there, speaking to Alex Watton ahead of the A-level results day last week. If you got your results either at A-Level or GCSE this past week or two, we'd love to hear from you. You can text us on 166-177. Ahead of results day for A-Level students, Alex Watton caught up with a couple of recent graduates who'd been through the whole process. Leanne and Abby reflected on their experiences. I'm 21. I went to uni when I first finished my A-Levels. Um, wasn't for me. Um, came back and I've actually done a qualification up at the, the college, uh, a degree. Um, I did my A-levels before I went to uni anyway. Um, and now after I finished my degree, I'm working in government. What were you doing at university? What made you want to come back? Um, I just don't think it was for me. I wasn't, I don't think I was ready to, to go, to be honest. Um, the cost, that was a, that played a massive part. Um, and yeah, like I said, I just was, I don't think I was ready to, to go. Um, Do you think people in a sort of A-level or that higher education sort of situation are in any way pressured to go down the university route? Um, I think so. I think the schools, their idea is university or get a job. And it, at the time when I was had to make that decision, they didn't kind of offer anything else. The college, it was an option, but I didn't really know much about it. And the school had just brought people from university over or people from work, like workplaces up in Douglas here. So there wasn't really much, many opportunities. Did you feel like your qualification from the college is just as good and seen just as well by employers? Yeah, I think so. It's, um, it's run in, well, up at the nunnery, the, the qualifications are run in affiliation with the University of Chester. So it's just as just the same really as going away and getting that kind of qualification over there. So I'm a student, I'm still at university, I'm in, about to go into my third year. Where about? Newcastle, study English language and linguistics. Did your view of what university was and you know at your A-levels for example, was it university is your only choice or are you aware of other things now? Um, I was aware and still am aware, um, I think for me it wasn't just about getting a degree, it was about 
like the life experience so that was part of the reason why I went to uni um, but I never felt like pressured into going um, it was always just like what I wanted to do and I just wanted to get away and experience the UK and living in a city and stuff. If I can take you both back to because you've both done your A-levels before yeah. that day when you're waiting for your results how did you feel was it like I've got this in the bag or are you panicking? Um, I personally was a bit like oh I, I, I didn't expect to do as well as I did but it was still a bit, I was still a bit anxious. I was a nervous wreck because <laughs> I picked, my firm and my insurance uni were both the same grades and they were both relatively high grades. So I think for me, I was just like, well, if I don't get, if I don't get these grades, then I am just, I don't even know what I'll do. But um, yeah, so I was fine in the end, but it was horrendous, absolutely horrendous. I didn't sleep for about three days. But Well, people sadly are gonna be in that sort of state uh, this week. So, I mean, what's your advice? I mean, you've moved on and especially perhaps because you've gone on to do university and then realised it wasn't for you, but you've seen other options. I mean, do you have advice for people in, in those shoes? Um, I think just before you make a really, not rash decision, but before you make that decision, make sure you've searched any opportunities there may be. And if you have any doubts, then don't just sit back and ignore them just have a look like even if it's just searching online um, looking at what jobs are available in government or just any job really just can't, yeah, be calm <laughs> and yeah don't make a rash decision you know if it doesn't turn out the way you want it to it's not the be all and end all there's always you know you're still young you've still got time to figure out your life um, I suppose that's the whole point in being like in your late teens or in your early 20s just to figure it out and you'll be fine no matter what so it's just just relax. Just relax. It'll be <laughs> yeah. fine. It will be fine. What will be will be. It'll be fine, yeah. Recent graduates Leanne and Abby there reflecting on their experiences of A-levels and beyond. Don't forget, if you got your results during the past fortnight, get in touch. You can email us on studio at manxradio.com. And thank you to the people who have been in touch. A couple of messages coming in already. We will get to those very shortly. In fact, more than 350 A-level students re received their exam results last week across the island's secondary schools. But once those results are in, what are the next steps? Well, Andrew McKinley is a careers advisor with the Department of Education, Sport and Culture. He told Alex Watton why he thinks there's a decline in the number of students going from A-levels into university because they're opting to work instead. I think we've got a very buoyant economy. And when there's jobs around with the enticement of a good wage, why wouldn't students think about doing that? Quite often they might take a job, get a qualification at work and being paid, and at the end of it they've got a, a as good a job, if not a better job, maybe in a managerial position when somebody comes out who they were at school with who's just, grad, just graduated. So it's a good way of getting a qualification and earning and getting experience, all the things that you want. And of course, for those people not going into anything else, we have talked to a number of graduates this week, but we haven't really talked to anybody uh, leaving A-levels and going straight into work. What's your main advice and what, what's available in, across the island? I would say to students to remember when they're at primary school, we talked about the six R's. When they're at secondary school, we might have called it something different, like Ellie Dimensions at St Ninian's, or we might have called, talked about PLTs at Kiwi2, but it's the same thing. So qualifications like A-levels, GCSEs, might be a door to get you into a job, but you also need to have some of those employability skills, some of the things that you're going to be asked about at interview, like 
communication skills or teamwork skills and we have been the department of education has been looking at revamping the record of achievement and encouraging students to think about a time when they've learned something new or been part of a team and give an example of it so they've already got those kind of stories they can tell employers the sort of things that recruiters and employers are looking for you can actually tell a recruiter and employer about when you've actually used those kind of skills that's what's going to keep you in a job we hear time and time again that the amount of pressure on young people these days is beyond the kind that's ever been before and that might have a lot to do with technology do you think that's true i think there is a lot of pressure on young people I wouldn't want to go through it all again. But it's a different world we're living in and most of those students are much more savvy with their technology. Most of the students will already know what their results are before they've even gone into school because they've got it all on track. Sort of things that weren't available in the old days. And some of those students are much more savvy with it and able to look for jobs online and able to do lots of things online. Some of the other students who might need a bit of help with that, that's where we're here to, to try and help them out. That was Andrew McKinley there, a careers advisor with the Department of Education, Sport and Culture, speaking to Alex Watton. So, time to jump ahead to the big day itself. Alex was presenting Mandate on the morning of Thursday the 15th and introduced a familiar voice, live from QE2. Well, let's head to uh, QE2 now and join Dolan Mercer. Early doors, but uh, a big day for the students and teachers. Dolan. More am I, Alex. Good morning. Yes, I'm here at QE2. Um, not getting any re- results today, but... Uh, still fairly nervous anyway somehow actually but um joined here with head teacher sue moore good morning good thank morning, you for speaking I? talk us a bit through the process this morning um obviously very big day for those getting results some of them are going to be familiar with what they've got already is that right they don't know their actual results until they come in um unless they did international a levels because the results of those came out on tuesday this week and they can get those online um, but those of them who are applying for university can go onto the UCAS website from 6am and they'll know then whether they've got their place or whether they're still being considered. Um, so they don't get their actual results unless they come into school for them. Um, here we give them the option if they want to get them posted, they can have them posted. If they want somebody else to collect them, they have to have signed by the student themselves to get them give, given to somebody else. So they'll have a rough idea already if they are headed, planning to head to university. What about those who aren't? Will they have any indication? Uh, not unless they've done the IA level, which they got the results on Tuesday. Um, so no, they're more likely to come in. Um, in fact, only about half of our students now apply for university. A few decide to take a gap year or do a job first and then go to university later. A lot of them go straight into employment, as Andrew McKinley was saying this morning. Is that a number which has changed, do you think, much in recent years? Um, Yes, it has. Um, I think we went through a boom time when most people went to university. Um, I think at the time when you could do more of the AS and the A2 version. Um, But in recent years, I think combination of the economics of it, the job market, more and more people are saying, is it worth getting the debt that you end up with as a student Um, when there are some really good training opportunities in good professions? A-levels themselves have changed a little bit as well because certainly when I did them, a the, you had the AS results one of the two years through, so I had a reasonable indication of how I was going to be getting on. Is that still the same now or has that changed? It's changed. The international exams still have AS and A2, but for the um, normal English exams, they've all gone back, thanks to Gove, to the um, linear A-level where all your exams are at the end, and that puts quite a lot of pressure on people. So we're joined now by Head of Sick Forms come in, Stephen Slack, Director of Key Stage 5. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, a bit of a sleepless night, but uh, ready to go this morning, raring to go. Um, 
what sorts of supports on offer for those who perhaps don't do as well as they might have hoped? Um, I think that's a really important thing. I think it is important to bear in mind that no matter what happens, there, there are options available to everyone. Um, there'll be people available in all the schools on the island, I'm sure, uh, to talk to individual students. Um, there's also um, a government-run um, incentive called signposts where the career service are involved and careers advisors available at various points around the island um, obviously as well as, as support at home and 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 round round about the family as well so there's lots available to students uh, on a day like today but hopefully they don't need as much as uh, as, as we we hope so and how about for those going to university if they um, heaven forbid if they do just miss the grade threshold they were needing or anything like that what's the process afterwards because it's quite a, quite a frantic few days for people isn't it potentially yeah um so if people miss the uh, the grade boundaries um obviously what we need to do is we need to get up to date with their ucas system um, and see what the offers stand um if they don't have any offers maybe changes of offers or anything like that um, we then go into a system called clearing um and in that system uh, what they do is they will try and match um, students who have fallen below grades with universities that perhaps have places where people haven't met um, withstanding grades for that as well. So um, it's it's quite a tried and tested system that's been going for, for a long time. Um, and, and the aim is to get everyone that wants to go to university that has is, is gained um, the appropriate UCAS points for funding, etc., to to get them to university. Well, we'll keep our fingers crossed as tightly as we can for everybody getting results today, but um, and we'll hear from some later on today. In the meantime, Alex, I'll hand back to you. Thanks very much, uh, Dolan. Yes, uh, one that will certainly develop throughout the day uh, and got some comments too. Uh, if students going to university is dropped by six, uh, sorry 50%, then maybe the government should use the savings to enhance the funding for the or of the students to go to university. Uh, thanks for that. Another uh, listener has just said, not had A-level results yet, but email from university to say accepted so they must get the results first well congratulations first of all for being accepted and yes i uh, imagine they must do that was alex watson presenting mandate on thursday the 15th of august as a-level students were making their way into school to find out how they'd done we heard there from qb2 head teacher sue moore and head of sixth form stephen slack after the break we'll get the reactions of some of those who collected their results the nation station Faster Mai, good afternoon and welcome back to Perspective on Manx Radio. We've had a message in. Someone says, got two A's in my AS levels in geography and music. Over the moon, and quite right too. Excellent work there. If you're just joining us, we're taking a look back at perhaps the most important fortnight in the academic year, for many of the island students at least, as they learn how they got on at both GCSE and A-level. Before the break, we heard from a recruitment agency, a careers advisor, two recent graduates looking back on their experiences, a head teacher and a head of Key Stage 5. If you picked up your results, give us a shout, 166-177. On A-Level Results Day, I spoke to some pupils in the west of the island to see how they'd done. Chloe Kermode was thrilled. Um, I'm really proud of myself, to be honest, because I worked really hard in my GCSEs to get to sixth form. And I've learned, I've grown so much in the past two years in performing arts, especially. I took a subject that I never did before, and it was just a big learning curve for me. And I've really grown so much. I'm happy I came to sixth form and got the A-levels. I heard you talking just outside before we came on, Mike, and it sounded like you were somebody who needed a bit of encouragement, maybe, to keep going with school. um, Yeah. or, Or perhaps... 
I don't know, maybe you had a few different options open to you. Are you happy now in, ret- in retrospect you made the choices you did? No, 100% because I wouldn't even get into like uh, the uni I'm going to if I didn't come to sixth form. I mean, Mr Slack was a great help, the head of sixth form. He was such a good help to keep my confidence going, as were my other teachers, because um, when we had this little interview with um, a careers man and he basically just said there'd be no point me doing A-levels, I'm too stupid. So it really kind of knocked my confidence and something that I really wanted to do. And I struggled quite a lot in school. I was in the bottom set, so it was really hard for me to keep going and learning and that. But So when I came here and Mr Slack and all the other teachers gave me such encouragement, it was just really good. So what are your plans? Tell us what comes next for you. Um, so in September, um, I'm moving to London and I'm doing a part-time diploma in acting at the London School of Dramatic Art. A big culture shock straight to <laughs> London from, from Peel. Um, what are the plans after that? Where are you hoping it will go for you? Uh, either theatre or screen, really. It just Maybe I'll have to work my way up, um, but I'm really lucky in the fact that uh, the school that I'm going to, all the teachers are already in the industry, they're actors and actresses themselves, so they could put a really good word in for you in a TV show. So it's just a re- I'm going to a really good school to help me get along really in what I want to do. I imagine, you'll have to help me out here, I imagine for a course like that you'll need quite a lot of experience kind of acting or in, in drama yourself. What kinds of things have you, have you been doing on Ireland? Well, I've been dancing with uh, Shaz up in Onkin since I was four and I'm 18 now. So, um, and in that, I did singing, dancing, acting. I did com- uh, like competitive dancing. Um, I did uh, exams and acting too. We did shows at the Gaiety, and then I did quite a bit in school too, in GCSE and uh, in A level too. So, like, although I've not been in lots of like big Gaiety productions, I do have a, a good understanding of how a show runs and works because I've been in them and helping out with them as well. And I teach dancing as well, so it's good for me to reflect on uh, what I can take further into like acting, I suppose. Yeah. And how about friends and family? Have you told them yet? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My mum, I've just been on the phone to my mum. She's really happy. And she's, uh, when I told them I got into drama school, everyone was just so happy for me. Like, it was such a, like, a big moment for me because I, it was something that I just didn't think was achievable. Um, but I just thought, go for it and you never know. And when I got the email from um, Jake, the uh, principal, he was just, it was just like the best day of my life. It was just such a good feeling that I like, it sort of felt like I was like my first TV show, like I made it. Like it just made me feel so good about myself. The best, probably one of the best days of my life. That was QE2 student Chloe Kermode speaking to Dolan on A-Level Results Day. Alice Owen said she'd also... Sorry, Alice Owen said she's also heading across to the UK, but not quite so far away. Well done, first and foremost. Thanks. Um, a good smile on your face. You're obviously yeah. very, very, very happy. Um, tell us what subjects you did and where you're headed and what to do. Yeah, I did um, math, psychology and French and um, an EPQ as well. Um, and I'm going to the University of Liverpool to do French. Was that your first choice? Is that where you're sort of aiming to go? Yeah, it was my first choice, so I'm really made up. Yeah, I got it. And um, you won't be too far from home, so that's good, I suppose, as well, for getting yeah, backwards no. and forwards. <laughs> it's really handy. Um, have, you, have you been to visit? Have you seen the uni already and got your bearings? Yeah, I've been a couple of times, actually. Um, I know the city quite well. Um, it's close to family and stuff, so, yeah, I'm really excited. Um, and how how friends and family responded? Um, obviously, you've got at least one with you. <laughs> yeah, and no, my dad's absolutely made up because he's from Liverpool, so he's really happy. Yeah, everyone's really been really nice and supportive. So yeah. How was the response this morning? Were you did you expect to have done well, or was it was it was there some surprise perhaps? 
Uh, yeah, so I got one on Tuesday and it wasn't what I wanted. So I was really nervous the past couple of days. But then this morning I woke up and I had an email from the University of Liverpool and said congratulations. And I instantly was like so relieved. And then coming to school was a bit nerve wracking. But because I knew that I had my place, it was, yeah, it was less scary than if I didn't. Um, and how about other people getting their results today from what you've seen so far people generally happy perhaps yeah I think everyone knows that they tried their best and like they put in the work so it's yeah just hopefully they all get what they've you know worked for and yeah some of your friends are they going to uni as well or some staying or a mix uh, maybe yeah quite a mix one's going to New Zealand um but a couple are going um to that's, uni, that's a bit yeah. further than Liverpool yeah a bit <laughs> further but yeah no so she, yeah she's not going to uni yet but there's yeah a mix really yeah QE2 student Alice Owen there speaking to me on A-Level Results Day last week. Shannon Karen said she'd surpassed her own expectations. I'm so happy. I came in like thinking I was going to do like not too great and I had it in my head. But when I came in, I was so happy to get my results. What's the plan for you? What's the kind of next step? So I'm going to go to uni at the University of Bedfordshire and do a dance degree. So I take it you... I've spent quite a bit of your life dancing already in that case. Yeah, I love dance. I've done it since I've been like maybe like three. And then I was lucky enough to be able to do it in school for my A-levels, which is really great. Um, so what's the hope? Are you hoping that will become a career? Hopefully. I want to go and do my degree and then do a PGCE and hopefully become a teacher in high schools, teaching dance. What subjects did you do to give yourself these opportunities? So for my A-levels, I took performing arts but I took the dance pathway through it. I also took PE because it kind of like backs it up quite nicely and biology. That was Shannon Karen speaking to Dolan Mercer on A-Level Results Day. Very best of luck to everybody who is opening their envelopes with whatever you have chosen to do next. So how did the island's pupils get on? Well, the number of Manx students receiving the highest grades at A-Level fell this year. The percentage of A-star to B grades was 42%, with more than half receiving the top marks last year. However, the overall pass rate of 98.4% remains pretty much unchanged from 2018. More than 300 pupils were entered into 900 Level 3 qualifications in more than 50 subjects, with several receiving three or more A-stars or A's. A significant proportion of those will soon be heading off to university to pursue further education, with others opting instead to enter the world of work, travel abroad, or pick from a vast array of other options at their disposal. Later on in the day, I spoke again to QE2's Director of Key Stage 5, Stephen Slack, who reflected on the morning. We've been really pleased to see the culmination of two years of a lot of hard work for, for our students. Um, I think in general, it's a really good picture. Um, people that have been applying to university, uh, the majority of them have got offers and, and, and hold firm offers as they've accepted now. Um, there's a few that have had to rely on insurance offers, but again, um, having a, a place at university at this point in time is brilliant. Um, obviously, there's there's the other side of things where there's some people that haven't quite met offers, and, and that's kind of a large part of what we deal with uh, on a day like today. People who haven't quite maybe got to the thresholds they were hoping for or aiming for, what's the next step for them? Okay, um, I think again, as we said earlier, it's really important to let their results sink in um, and reassure them that it's not an end game, this is obviously a start and there's, there's loads of options open to them. So one step if they're still sort of uh, heart set on university is that we can work with them and look at um, UCAS clearing 
um, which involves going online and, and having a look at what is on offer from various universities in an area they're interested in, um, and a lot of phone calling um, to the, the departments and, and admissions professors, as well as UCAS themselves, and try and see if we can place our students there. Failing that, uh, we also have um, some on-site advice with regards to careers, and we've had um, the career service in this morning um, with their signpost um, scheme that they're running, looking at giving young people advice if they want to stay on island rather than uh, take that plunge. So, so there's loads of loads of support um, and and lots of good things happening here, even for those that might be a little bit disappointed. Is university still the preferred option? Do you think for the majority? I'd say that with um, obviously the well-documented rise in fees in recent years, definitely uptake of university places from island students has, has dropped a little bit. I think A-levels still are an academic qualification and, and it's very much seen as the gateway to university. So we still have healthy numbers of applicants, um, maybe a little bit less than before, but I suppose you know with it still being funded and means tested as well in terms of grants, um, it is still very um, accessible to all our students should they want to. How useful are A-levels in their own right as a qualification? Um, I think when you look at uh, A-level students that don't go to university, I still think having that level three qualification above GCSE does set them apart. I suppose if you think about people going into the workforce, applying for jobs, if you've got a slightly higher qualification, whether it be one uh, A-level, two A-levels, three A-levels, uh, you put yourself, obviously, in a position to stand out. So um, I think they're very worthwhile. We're seeing a lot of offers from the finance companies, almost sort of apprenticeship on-the-job training with students straight from A-level now, whereas they may have pursued graduates in the past. So definitely very worthwhile for those students. We saw some headlines in the UK this week that I think it was for some maths exams, the thresholds for an A-grade were between 50 and 60%, which some might think would be quite low. Is there a perception perhaps that A-levels are getting a bit harder again maybe and more, more academic in their own right? Yeah, um, I think obviously again it's been well documented uh, under the reforms in the UK to linear A-levels. Without those modular options it has become more difficult um, and we've seen that in a reflection in the way that students uptake A-levels in terms of the numbers. In the past you may have been expected to take four A-levels, some people may have taken five. Now it's it's three maximum for most students with with some exceptional students maybe taking four um, or an extra AS so I would say definitely they have become tougher I think we're now sort of three four years into that transition and and students now that that is the way that they're working so they are still doable um, we're still seeing some really great results and yeah hopefully they're opening the doors that we need to open for our students. Just finally I've spoken to a few people who've got their results today I think one was going away to do dancing, one was going away to do kind of more general performing arts and acting, one going to do French. It's quite a diverse range of aspirations among people. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's what's so great at the moment when you look at the courses that are out there. Um, you know, it's a lot of students now following their passion and looking for that um, higher education qualification um, that suits them really with all the different institutions and the introduction of the teaching excellence framework people are able to make quite well-informed choices on whatever courses it is they want to do so we like to you know we, we, we want people to be happy in their education i think you've got to find something you're passionate about if you're going to succeed and and that's what we encourage our students to follow sort of what it is they want to do so 
you know, lots of options open there and, and you've seen the, the various successes we've had with people hopefully going on to pursue big things in those areas. That was QE2's director of Key Stage 5, Stephen Slack, reflecting on Results Day with Dolan. It's not just secondary schools that provide options for A-level students, though, of course. Alex Watton also caught up with Gail Corrin, who is the Higher Education Manager at University College Isle of Man. They spoke about what's on offer there. When we offer A-levels here at the college, not, not to the extent that the schools do, but we do have an A-level offer here. So we have our own students um, receiving their results today and, and you know, working out how happy they are or not happy and what the next steps are. So here at the Homefield Road campus, um, 9 to 5, we're here to talk to anyone, to listen to anyone on the phone, accept emails for our own students. But more than that, um, in, in addition to each school, each secondary school having its own support day today, um, we're available to students to talk about the UCM as a higher education uh, destination, even if they haven't thought of it before. I mean, increasingly, people on the island are very aware that we have a very broad offer now at, at level four and above, which is what the educationists call higher education. And that can be an HNC, a higher national certificate, a higher national diplomas, and also our full degree courses, of which we have 10. Um, and we have quite a few students that... that that apply to us, they've got no intention of going to the UK, they want to do their degree here, and, and there's all sorts of advantages for them for that. Um, but also students sometimes don't remember us, and so when they get their results and the reality of going away, the costs, is this what I want to do, is it what I want to do now? A-level results day is always a day of returning to the contemplation stage, I think, about what, what is it I really want to do. So we're available to talk to students around the higher education options we have here. You mentioned that not everybody does consider the college, and it is so often still referred to as the college, but as you said, UCM, it's University <laughs> College Isle of Man. So how much of that university experience do you now offer that you didn't uh, some years ago? Yeah, I mean, uh, the, 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 we have 10 full degree courses, and then we have a range of higher national certificate and diploma courses, which are more vocationally focused. Um, our students attend the, the, the degrees they do, either at our nunnery campus here at Homefield Road or at, at Elmwood House. It would be safe to say that our numbers compared to a UK institution are lower, um, but most of the students who come here are coming here because they want to start their career on the island. So they often have part-time work, um, they often take advantage of our close connections with employers um, as they go. They're quite focused students. So, um, you know, we don't have a campus with all the union bars and all those sorts of things going on, which is not for, I know, <laughs> but that's not for everybody. You know, the, our students are quite considered um, in, in their choice uh, to come here. So we have uh, combined now with Kildare Nursing Education Centres. So the, the two nursing courses they have are part of our offer. Just short of 500 higher education students are studying at UCM now. So that's for degrees, or is that all kinds of above A-level sort of level? Um, that specifically is what you just said, yeah. above. So, But the majority of that is, is degrees. Right, okay. yeah. So how many people do you know at the moment are studying degrees? Well, I think, I I think that's, that's, there's only about 40 or 50 of those are HNCs, HNDs. So right, we're talking, we're, we're, yeah, yeah. By far the bulk. Right, okay. So you mentioned the nursing side of things. Where, do, do the other sort of subjects focus on areas in which, or industries in which the Isle of Man yeah. prospers? It's, it's a really good question because it's always that balancing act between meeting the aspirations of students. So if you look at the sorts of subjects that Isle of Man students study at higher level, it, 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 60, 70 different subjects, mm. uh, and we're not in a position to offer all of those. So one, we, we're trying to balance what students on the island want to do and what the island needs. 
and it's not always the same thing. <laughs> but having said that, the majority of our degree courses, so we have a bad, uh, business management, event management, marketing, and we have accounting and finance. So they're clearly for our strong corporate service provider, business, finance, insurance sector. We also have a cybersecurity, computer science and applied computing degrees. That's clearly focusing on our strong digital and IT sector on the island. We have a public health degree. Uh, which, which is a great source for people who work in health and social care. But then we have history and heritage, which of course the island has a, a strong history, yeah, excuse the pun, a strong history in, in, in high quality um, studies and in, the whole world is interested in our history and heritage. Um, and we also have two sporting foundation degrees, which are the first two years of a full degree, sports coaching, exercise and fitness. And we have our visual arts uh, degree, which is um, visual communication through digital media. So can see the balances in that offer uh, and of course the two nursing degrees adult adult and the mental health nursing well with approximately 440 <laughs> odd students doing that it sounds like a, quite a large amount of people is there scope with that to to expand into other courses or is that more staffing yeah we'd love to and, we're, and in fact we're on a, we're on that trajectory you know we've grown enormously in the last five years from having a few courses and a few students and we are growing and it is a, a strategic intent of the government to, to consolidate and increase its on-island HE offer. Mm. So, you know, we are step-by-step step moving towards that. Um, and, and, of course, with changes in the way that, that, that education is delivered, we, we have options in terms of, you mentioned the word staffing. There are ways to, to deliver higher education that are not just about your traditional classroom numbers, you know, chalkboards, etc. There are more, more technically enhanced ways. So there's some flexibility for us there about perhaps off increasing our offer without, without necessarily needing to have all those skills physically on site. I saw a story in the news this morning that said 50% uh, of people in a study in the UK said they didn't think there would be jobs mm. that existed <laughs> when it was time for them to go into yeah. the, the, the world of work. I mean, how predictive can yes. you be in terms of jobs that don't actually exist yet? No, it's a really <laughs> tricky question that. And, and, and to be honest, the full-time three-year degree model is quite an old one, and it was at a time when knowledge developed more slowly. So the chances of the knowledge you, you gained in those three years being relevant when you, when you entered the world of work or, or further research were high. Now knowledge changes by the moment. It's emancipated, it's everywhere. So the whole focus of higher education is shifting towards more of the critical thinking skills, the more of the employability skills, the, the who you are in it, as opposed to just the core content. I think, it, I think it's an enormously important question you've asked, but it's a very hard one to answer. But certainly our focus here is very much on the vocational aspects of our studies. So at every opportunity, our students are given a chance to apply the skills and the theories they're learning as opposed to just learning, learning theory. That was Gail Corrin, who's the Higher Education Manager at University College Isle of Man, speaking to Alex Watton. After the one o'clock news, we'll come to GCSE results. But before we get to that... Rich Caron, who is head of sixth form at Balakameen High School, spoke to Rianne Evans recently, and he says within the dip in A-level results, the Douglas School experienced a change for the good. No, the GCSE results across the island, including Balakameen, are, are pretty much the same as they have been um, in the last few years. The dip at A-level, which was a 12-year 
low across the United Kingdom um, most definitely was mirrored on the Isle of Man and we, we, we experienced that as much as England experienced it but it hasn't really uh, shown itself at GCSE level that is probably because of the fact that there is slightly more experience with the Cambridge Board uh, in terms of teaching the Cambridge Board at GCSE a lot of the new specifications at A level were examined for the first time this year which I think is why there was such a dip across the country How do you move on from a dip year and make sure that you don't go lower you go higher? It's very interesting, actually, because although it is a dip year for the United Kingdom, um, we've experienced a strange phenomenon of Balakamine. Last year, we got our best ever. It was an island record, 55% A star to B. This year, we dipped, like everyone else. We've gone down to 46. I think it's still top of the island, but it's a dip. However, within that dip, we've experienced um, some very good news because our students have actually made more progress per grade per student. Um, in terms of progress than any or than any other year that we've experienced. So it, whilst people look at attainment as a marker of success, and it, it should be included as a marker of success, I think as a school, teachers probably look a little bit more at progress because our job is to make sure a student progresses. And this year, in year 13, we've made more progress than before. So it's a very, very complicated picture to look at in terms of moving on. Yes, the attainment's gone down, but on the other side, the progress has gone up. In terms of moving forward, um, we've been working very hard in the last few days to, to look at where we have lost grades. Where it's actually top grades. It's the, it's the B grades that have gone down into Cs as opposed to anything else. We've maintained our A grades, our A star grades. Um, it's the Bs into the Cs is where we need to look at. Um, we're working very hard. We'll work hard when the teachers come back to make sure with the students when they come back uh, at looking at that CB border. And that's what we've got to do all year, and I'm sure we'll do it. Um, and hopefully, whilst improving attainment this year, we will also maintain the incredible success story with progress. And when you do get students who don't achieve the grades they needed or were hoping for, how much backlash do teachers get from parents? And one, how do you deal with that? And two, how much responsibility should be on the kid and the parents putting in the extra effort at home? Um, it's difficult for me to talk about GCSE there because obviously for the last three days I've been in school um, my summer's cut short, I only get three weeks of summer and I've been in school working with parents and students uh, who maybe haven't achieved their grades in year 12 um, in terms of progressing into year 13 and I've actually found that the parents have been extremely supportive uh, to the work that the school's doing um, I think at this point in the year it is more disbelief than anything else and I think it's very difficult because parents have got to support their sons and daughters in terms of where to go next um, but every single parent I've met so far has said, you know, we are going to go home and we're going to talk this through. I haven't had parents coming in and blaming teachers because I think that they realise that at A-level, um, the teacher is incredibly important, but the work done behind the scenes and the work done by families as well is just as important. So we, in a way, everyone has to look at themselves at A-level. It's very much a situation where you can't just blame the school. That was Rich Karen from Balakameen High School there speaking with Rianne Evans. The Nation Station, Manx Radio. Fast good afternoon and welcome back to Perspective on Manx Radio. If you're just joining us, it's been a huge fortnight for the island students, or many of them at least, who've been working towards both their GCSEs and A-levels as they found out how they'd got on. And today we're taking a look back. In the first hour, we spoke to 
In the first hour, we spoke about A-levels. The number of Manx students receiving the highest grades at A-level fell this year. The percentage of A-star to B grades was down to 42%, whereas more than half received the top marks last year. However, it's not all bad news. The overall pass rate of 98.4% remains pretty much unchanged from 2018. GCSE results showed a more positive trend. And in this part of the programme, we're going to take a look back at the GCSE results. Uh, Hundreds of students across the island got their results on Thursday, and although many who took the Cambridge International exams knew how they'd done ahead of the big day itself. Most island students do now do a blend of what you might call traditional GCSEs, as well as some from the Cambridge exam board, meaning results day has changed somewhat compared to previous years. Lulu Gillow is the Head of Student Services at University College Isle of Man and ahead of the big day she spoke to Manx Radio's Alex Watton about what's on offer, whether or not pupils have the results they need. There are a number of other options. So if, if people are a bit disappointed and they didn't get quite get the results they wanted wanted to get, then there are options to do what we call level two courses, which is equivalent of GCSE level. And I, I do um, apologise straight away that in education we talk a lot of gobbledygook, so please pull me up if I'm using jargon. But a level two course is equal to GCSE. So if they haven't got this year what it is they needed, then they can come back to college and do another GCSE course. Or alternatively, they can do a level one course, which is below GCSE. And we've got a number of courses on that level now. Um, but if they do get the results and a lot of people already will have been offered courses places on courses level three courses um, typically at college we will do the, the vocational BTEC courses we do do a few A levels but it's a much smaller offer than the schools make. We've talked a lot uh, recently about vocational training and and the areas which they might go into now it's not just again typically what you might think of is I suppose construction but what other things could people be getting stuck into rather than academia? Absolutely, and, and typically that's what FE was all about, wasn't it? Um, and we continue that. And one of our, our big boasts at the college is that we, we do teach a number of vocational courses and we do it in what we call realistic working environments. So one of the biggest differences between us and schools is that when students come here, they'll be surprised that they will actually be working in a proper engineering workshop, a proper painting and decorating workshop, a proper hair salon, for example. So therein, you know, I've mentioned a couple. So engineering is, is a big one. Um, hair and beauty, so hairdressing and beauty, We have um, uh, salons where students work and uh, learn in, as I say, this realistic working environment. We have proper real people coming in for real haircuts, which sounds scary, but (laughs) I don't think they let let you loose on proper clients until they're about year two. (laughs) Um, We have um, catering, uh, hospitality and catering, and we have realistic working environment there too. So we have a restaurant where real people come in and eat (laughs) um, and a proper working kitchen. Our health and social care is always very, very popular. And we have a little um, now a sort of almost like a nursery where young people, where they bring babies in once a week so there's another realistic working environment so yeah there are a number of vocational options and as that vocational training seems to be increasing are you seeing more and more people take up that kind of uh, course well interestingly I was just talking to the head of construction this morning and uh, I didn't realize they were having some some um, construction work done in there ironically and they are making some of their workshops bigger because yes numbers are very much up and we want to accommodate as many people as we possibly can and what kind of advice are you sort of getting? You said you're going to be a presence in schools for uh, GCSE results day, but outside of results days, how are you getting to the people that might not know about what's going on here? We, we do a lot of schools liaison. So um, in my role as head of student services, me and members of my team are in the schools um, quite regularly now. So we will typically go in and do um, assemblies, small group work with young people. We invite the year 11s, which is the, 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 when they start doing their GCSEs, and um, they come in for what we call taster days. 
um, next term so they would get an opportunity to have a look around the college and just have a taster session of a, of a couple of the, the the courses that we can offer um, we we're out there all the time we have all, all our courses are on the website um, we we will be in strand street in fact actually next friday and saturday um, so if anyone wants to come have a chat with us there but we're, we're sort of all over the place really but we're also very welcome to people coming in and, and when i speak to people individually i always invite them in because quite often when people come in here with the, what we often hear them say is, oh, we didn't know you did this here. It's, um, some people won't have popped, uh, popped into the college, perhaps ever. Um, some people might have done it many years ago when they were students here, but the place has changed quite considerably. So we would invite people in. We have an open evening in November, um, which will be well publicised, and then we have an open morning in March as well. But we always invite people in. Um, I or a member of my team or other members of staff here would be happy to give them a tour. Um, I also invite younger students in, uh, young pupils in, to do sort of little bespoke tasters. So if they just want to, if I, I'm in contact with, with teachers in school, so if just a group want to f find out a little bit more bespoke, a little bit more um, intimate re relationship that we build with them and tell them a little bit more about college and show them around. So we're very open to, um, in fact, we love it. We love people coming in. We're very proud of this place, you know. It's amazing what we do here. That was Lulu Gillow, the Head of Student Services at University College Isle of Man, speaking with Alex Watton ahead of GCSE Results Day. And again, as with the A-levels, Manx Radio's mandate programme went live to one of the island's secondary schools as teachers looked ahead to the day. Today we're at Balakameen and uh, Rianne Evans joins us there, the, from the, there this morning. Good morning, Rianne. My very good morning from Balakameen. Well, it's nice and calm and quiet here at the moment because students can't actually come in to pick up their results until 9am, but I am joined by head teacher Adrienne Burnett and head of sixth form Richard Caron. Good morning to you both. Um, Adrienne, I remember feeling like I was walking the green mile to get my GCSE results back in the day, but now actually a lot of students have already had access to their results online before coming in. Um, how has uh, technology changed the traditional results day setting? Today feels very strange. Normally there's an excitement about the school. There'll be children already queuing up to get their results. But last week they received them via email. All they had to do was log on one minute past six o'clock. It felt very strange to be in school and know that hundreds of students had their results. But I didn't know what they were. Teachers weren't able to congratulate them. And actually it just felt unsettling. But do you feel like the new technology benefits the students? Does it take a little bit of the pressure off them? You could argue it's nice for the students to get their results with their families, but actually if parents come in today with their students, what will happen is the children will say, stay over there mum and dad, I'm going to get my envelope. Most results are out. Most students know that they're already got enough GCSEs to come into the sixth form or University College of Man. But we are waiting on results in mathematics, in French, in German, in the vocational subjects. So I think there'll be a buzz around the school, but it'll be more relaxed. And Richard, coming over to you, um, speaking of results, um, unemployment levels are incredibly low on the island and college are off, uh, UCM are offering loads of vocational courses, which are proving to be very popular. How is sixth form competing with the number of students choosing to carry on in school when you've got so much more competition now? Well, it's actually a very good thing that there's more competition and it's something that since I moved over to the Isle of Man, I've been incredibly impressed with. Um, students 
not have the opportunities that students on the Isle of Man have. And, and it's not really a question of us competing with them, anything else. I'm actually really pleased. This year we've got an incredible statistic in this school, which is that we had 240 kids in year 11. Uh, 120 have uh, got places in the sick form and 120 are going to the uh, UCM or have already got jobs or apprenticeships on the Isle of Man. And I don't think that's anything other than brilliant because it's great for the Manx economy, it's great for the Manx school system, uh, and we, this year we have so few students who have not got into sick form because we've got everyone placed. So it's actually going to be a really happy day at Balakameen today. That is the perfect balance. Um, well, I was actually going to ask, what? how do you reassure those students who wanted to go to sixth form but didn't quite manage to get the grades? What's the contingency plan for them? Such a small amount of students are in that position today. Uh, what will happen? We've got many providers in school today. So firstly, obviously, I will be talking to those students, but we've also got the UCM in school with us. Our, our friends from UCM are here today. Lulu's here. Um, we've also got Careers Ready uh, career service in today. So we've got everyone in place at nine o'clock this morning to help these students. And I'm going to be completely honest, I'm, I'm results embargoed until eight o'clock this morning, but we're talking about a less than a handful of students. And when I first arrived at this school, we were talking about 20 to 30 students. Um, that's nothing to do with me. I've done nothing better than anyone else. It's to do with the year 11 pastoral team, the GCSE team because since September we've had people coming in from the local community. I've, I've even had people volunteering in the last week to come in and speak to students next year. Every single week we have two people, two separate assemblies from the local community coming in, talking about apprenticeships, talking about opportunities outside of Balakameen. And it means that our students are so much better prepared than students um, that I've seen in the United Kingdom. And you talk about the pastoral team and the teachers, the amount of hard work and effort that goes into communicating with the students and making sure they do well but how much does a success rate lie on the motivation of the student outside of school and their parents pushing them to put in the extra hours revision? It's absolutely enormous, both the GCSE and at A-level. I mean, we say at A-level, for every single hour you're taught in school, you should be doing uh, at least three to five hours at home. So it's it's a huge effort. You know, that depends on whether you're year 12 or year 13. And it's the same at GCSE. You know, there's a lot of people at G GCSE who say, oh, GCSE is not as hard as it used to be. It is, actually. It, it You know, it's proven this year. The people who've worked hard at Balakameen have done really well. I've never seen, in all my time looking at statistics, so many kids with straight A stars as I saw yesterday on the Balakameen results sheet. So we've the kids who are working hard are doing really well, but at the same time, um, they've got to put a lot of work in outside school if, if they are wanting to get over those great boundaries. And parents are really important. And Mrs. Burnett says that on the very first day of year seven. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much and a massive good luck to all those receiving their GCSE results today. We heard there from Balakameen head teacher Adrienne Burnett and head of sixth form Rich Caron, live on Manx Radio's Mandate programme on Thursday. A bit later on in the day, Rianne Evans caught up with some of the Balakameen students opening their envelopes, plus teachers and parents. Yeah, I'm really happy with my results, yeah, got what I wanted, so... And what, what, what did you want? Well, I got 12 A-stars and an A-hat. <laughs> 12 A stars in a day, that's incredible. What sort of work did you do to end up getting 12 A stars? Uh, did a lot of revision for it, yeah, had to. <laughs> Mr Redmain, seeing these students that you've put so much work into and seeing them do well but also maybe not do well, how does it feel seeing the emotions on their faces? 
It's an amazing day. It's a accumulation really of so many years work um, on the students' behalf and, and of course our wonderful staff here at Balakameen who, who really go above and beyond um, for, the, for the students here. It's just great to see them all doing so well. And the interaction between students and teachers, it seems like you've got a real real bond, there's a real nice connection between uh, the two. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. I mean, the teachers are, you know, we're as nervous and as excited as they are when they come in in the morning. And even those students um, who might not feel they've done so well, you know, there's always somewhere for them to go and everybody works hard um, to make sure that they, they get a good start in life. I think I've done pretty well. I've ended up with 13 A stars. So. so just repeat that. 13 A stars. 13 A stars. What sort of preparation did you put in behind the scenes to get 13 A stars? Uh, I put in enough. I did more than I usually did. So that's always better on average. So. And were you expecting those results? Um, no, by no means, no. Hannah May, you're here from UCM. How have you found today so far? Have you had many students come to you who maybe didn't get the results they wanted and are looking for a different option? So we're here today to uh, offer students just a different uh, view really and we've had quite a few students who have already had places confirmed at college and just want to uh, know what to do next and then we've had others that are looking for something a little bit different um, and we've just been talking through various different options really so uh, everybody leaves happy and smiling in the end. And um, I was talking to head of Sixth Form before and he said it's a straight split. 120 students going to UCM and 120 going to Sixth Form. Is that an upsurge of numbers coming to the college? Because I know you're putting on a lot of vocational courses which seem really popular. Yeah, it's just um, so we're offering something a little bit different to the school environment. And I think some students may not find schools for them um, obviously college is a little bit more different and certainly with our vocational courses it just gives students the opportunity um, and a lot more options for them really. What's your plan? So I've applied for two sick forms and UCM as well I've got an unconditional for UCM but um, my grades are looking like I, I can get into sick form so I think I'm going to stay in Ballas sick form yeah hopefully I'm going to have a chat to Mr Cameron now and, and see, see where I can go from here and how are you feeling? Are you happy like with your results? Yeah, I'm, I'm, very, I'm very chuffed, yeah. I'm very happy with my results, yeah. And Stephanie, you're here on behalf of your son, who is elsewhere, uh, to pick up his results. How's it been? It's been fantastic. He really, he worked very hard and he's performed a lot better than, well, we had hoped for, which is fantastic. His future's open to him and now sixth form around the corner. Being at home behind the scenes, how hard did he work to get those results? He worked really hard and off his own bat. It was amazing to see him maturing and putting in the hours. And he's been rewarded for his hard work, which is just really good to see. Rianne Evans there, speaking to some Balakameen GCSE students who were collecting their results on Thursday. So, with those envelopes opened, how did students do? Well, sitting exams in subjects ranging from English and maths to global perspectives and engineering. Almost 62% of those opening the envelopes received five or more GCSEs, grade A star to C, equaling the highest level of top marks on record. The percentage of pupils gaining A-star and A-grades has also risen by 4% compared to last year. Vocational or applied qualifications increased in popularity, making up 10% of the total now. Schools Improvement Advisor Joel Smith says this comes despite claims exams are getting harder. 
So what will these students do next? And how does the Department of Education, Sport and Culture use this information? Mr Smith spoke spoke to Sean Cowper. Uh, Firstly, uh, we'd like to congratulate all uh, young people on the island who've received results today. Uh, It represents uh, a lot of hard work and effort over uh, two years. Uh, And the results uh, that we have in today uh, represent a record level of attainment for our young people. We'd also like to thank uh, all of the teachers and support staff and indeed parents for supporting their young people uh, through this period at what is an exciting juncture in their lives. So as you say, a record year. Are exams not meant to be getting harder? Uh, Indeed, uh, all of the um, evidence coming out of the qualifications authorities, the exam boards and indeed other um, jurisdictions um, points towards exams which are possibly more challenging than they've been been in the past. There's been a significant amount of uh, changing qualifications over recent years. Um, So our results today on the island uh, reflect um, great success uh, despite these uh, more challenging times in terms of uh, different qualifications that pupils enter. Well, talking about those different qualifications, we hear terms like GCSE, IGCSE, Level 1, Level 2. Can you just explain what what the difference is there? Yeah, I mean, uh, a Level 2 pass uh, is basically the equivalent of an A-star to C uh, grade. Uh, Not all of our uh, qualifications that pupils uh, enter on the island uh, are uh, GCSEs. There are some IGCSEs, which are also graded A star to, to G. Uh, there are also BTECs, uh, vocational and applied qualifications, which this year are up again. Uh, approximately 10% of our pupils take uh, these vocational and applied qualifications, which are directly linked to certain employment sectors. Um, so we have a range of different qualifications at what we would understand to be level two. Uh, level one uh, would be anything equivalent uh, from a D grade to, to a G grade. And uh, level one qualifications uh, are also represent a great deal of success for pupils who have uh, come into school uh, at uh, lower starting points. And these days, some students as well, they get their results online, they get um, an email. Does that then give the schools more, more time to, to react and prepare for, for when the students come in? Indeed, yeah. Uh, the IGCSE results have uh, been out now for uh, well over a week. Uh, Schools uh, would have uh, received their results yesterday and um, they have been reporting these into us at the, uh, the department uh, this morning. Uh, we've then uh, looked at uh, these results, uh, compared them with, uh, with previous years, which is what we do here. And uh, as I said, um, the uh, comparisons with previous years are, are good in the sense that uh, we haven't hit these heights uh, before. Um, We are dedicated, uh, obviously, to raising standards every year in education. Uh, And um, again, you know, a a lot of thanks has to go to everyone involved uh, in giving young people uh, opportunities um, to go forward with either further education or into the world of employment. Roughly what percentage do you go on to, to further education? Uh, it's it's definitely around uh, 80% uh, continue into some form of uh, level three qualification, whether that's through A-levels, BTECs. Uh, some of our young people now enter into apprenticeships. Uh, there's a lot of advice and guidance available uh, through our careers advisors uh, over the next few weeks, uh, in and out of schools, actually. And um, we would encourage young people to go and seek advice uh, as to what they do next, Uh, and to take um, advantage of the help and support that's available from uh, their own schools. So what does the department do with this this data now? How does it use it to to plan for the future? 
Uh, well, every year we uh, analyze um, attainment data. Uh, we also analyze uh, progress, and that's uh, comparing people's starting points when they come into secondary school and, and their end points. Um, I should say, really, that attainment is only one measure of a, of a young person's um, achievement in education. As we said in the release, and, and we say every year, uh, we value in equal measure not only uh, academic grades, but also the skills and attributes that pupils um, come out of school with that, that can set them up for uh, all aspects of, of life, employment, um, the way that they interact socially. And uh, that's what our education system is about. That's very much at the heart of our Essentials for Learning curriculum. Well, this time last week, of course, it was all about A-levels. The top grades there this time, th this year, are slightly down. Is, th is there any reason for that? Uh, last year um, represented the, the high point in terms of A-level results, and that reflected and that corresponded to results being very high for that particular year group two years ago when they got their GCSEs. Um, this year, um, results, uh, a higher grades uh, percentage was pretty much in line with uh, with other years. Um, indeed, as you mentioned, uh, the evidence out there suggests that A-levels are indeed uh, becoming more challenging. Uh, there was a, a national picture of a slight drop in the higher grades, and uh, we've certainly felt that here as well. With the GCSEs this year, there's obviously a group that have performed very well. Do you, is there a lot of correspondence between a, a GCSE group doing well and then two years later being an, an A-level group that does well? Does that tend to, to carry? It, do, it does tend to carry. I mean, the, uh, the groups that have done well at GCSE and A-level in recent years uh, actually did very well when they came out of primary school as well. So there is a, a certainly at least a correlation there. Um, we uh, are obviously reluctant to make comparisons with other places uh, in, the, in the British Isles. Uh, but today, it does look as though the percentage of pupils attaining at the higher levels is, is, is actually higher than um, other UK jurisdictions put together. So we're very pleased at that. Am I right in thinking as well, the way the Isle of Man puts its data together, it's only the, the secondary school pupils, whereas it, elsewhere it's a bit different? Yeah, indeed. I mean, in England, for example, uh, they have five and five point two million entries. We only have about six and a half thousand, and uh, those six and a half thousand entries represent just young people of of, uh, of the age of sixteen. Whereas in other places, it, it represents all people taking GCSEs, including adults. So that's why comparisons, uh, although people do wish to make them, uh, are a little bit tricky. We've talked already about the fact that there's vocational training, BTECs, things like that seem to be becoming more popular. Do you think they carry the same weight as the more traditional academic qualification? We, we would certainly hope so. Um, we, we work closely with other government departments and indeed uh, sectors of employment on the Isle of Man uh, to inform them of changes in the way uh, school works, in the way um, pupils choose their qualification pathways. We have a very broad offer in terms of our, our qualifications uh, as opposed to other areas that have uh, rather narrowed their curriculum offer in favour of certain subjects like uh, humanities, English languages and science. Um, we very much value the creative arts subjects on the island uh, and we feel that that is the right way to go and we want to continue to build the uh, awareness of the value of those um, kind of qualifications which after all, are right for a, for a large group of our, our young people. And just finally, generally, how would you rate the, the exam season overall this year? Well, certainly um, from the provisional results we've received today, it would seem that um, pupils and indeed schools have performed very well. 
uh, we're always looking to do better and we're always looking to take um, feedback from anyone involved in, in our community about uh, our, our levels of attainment and indeed achievement. Um, we will uh, take these results uh, and uh, go away and look at them in further detail and work with schools to continue to improve standards uh, in the future. That was Schools Improvement Advisor Joel Smith there speaking with Sean Cowper. There was strong media attention, unusually st- strong perhaps, on GCSE Results Day across the water. We'll find out why after this. The Nation Station, Manx Radio. Welcome back. This is the final part of today's Perspective on Manx Radio. On GCSE Results Day in the UK, the newly reformed system, which the Isle of Man chose to opt out of, attracted strong media attention. This is the first year students in England and Wales have received a full list of numbered levels rather than grades. Some qualifications in Northern Ireland have also switched to the new system. It's worth pointing out that students at King William's College have sat some exams under the new UK system as well. The change has meant a focus on terminal assessment rather than coursework, meaning more exams are being taken at the end of the course. Sky's Sarah-Jane Mee spoke to the UK Schools Minister, Nick Gibb. These pupils that are getting their results today are really the guinea pigs for this new system. How do you feel it's gone? Well, it's gone very well and we should be uh, congratulating the hundreds of thousands of young people who are collecting their results today on, on the culmination of, of two years or more of hard work. And they are reformed, these new GCSEs, they are a better preparation for the next stage of a child's uh, education or, or moving on to vocational technical uh, qualifications at the next stage or indeed into work with, uh, with training. So I'm very pleased when we saw the provisional results in May, we saw an increase in the entries into those core academic subjects, the e back subjects, science, history, geography, foreign languages have gone up in, fr- in French and Spanish. Um, and so uh, I'm very pleased by, uh, by what, we've, uh, what we're seeing. Yeah, tougher exams, more challenging, more robust, however you put it. The consensus is that these GCSEs are harder. Is that always a good thing? It's not got the support of all teachers. Some have described this new syllabus as a joyless slog. Well, it's always more challenging to increase standards than it is to allow the standards to drift down, uh, which is what was happening prior to 2010. And we had complaints from employers saying that uh, school leavers were not properly prepared, uh, and and the same with uh, universities and colleges as well. We had to address these issues. We spent many years reforming these GCSEs. The headmaster was calling for a period of stability. We are having that period of stability now while we allow these uh, qualifications to bed in. And as schools get better used to teaching uh, these GCSEs, I think we'll start to see uh, some real improvements in Britain's standing in the world in terms of our uh, educational attainment and young let's people talk- will be better prepared for the, the for the next stage. Okay, let's talk about uh, mental health. The National Education Union says excessive content crammed into too short a time has created an exam system that is largely about regurgitating facts and gives very little time for deeper learning. I mean, anecdotally, teachers are saying about students who are so stressed out by this new syllabus that they're refusing to sit 
the mock exams, let alone the real thing. It seems that this is really having an effect on pupils' mental well-being. Do you accept that? No, we've seen an increase in the entries uh, beyond the increase in the number of pupils. And, of, and it's not just about regurgitating facts, it requires a deeper understanding. That's the essence of these reforms, that they, they need to have the knowledge, and there is more knowledge required, but also an understanding of that knowledge as well is required uh, in these uh, GCSEs. And what we have done is we've removed the controlled assessment that was consuming vast amounts of teacher time and the continual retakes that were happening when we had a modular system. And now students can spend two years clear of any exams, just studying, just learning the new content. Uh, and that is a much more joyful way of uh, studying than having to prepare for exams, even within a few months of starting the GCSE course. That's how it used to be. And we have moved away from that system. Yeah, the, the change in the syllabus, less focus on coursework, um, testing at various different intervals, it's mainly concentrated towards the end yes. and, and the final exam. The big question this morning is, that is that leaving a lot of pupils behind? I've had a tweet from uh, hashtag nervous mama, she calls herself, Sarah Butters on Twitter. She says, spare a thought for dyslexic children uh, waiting for their results. The new GCSEs uh, put them at a disadvantage uh, with their focus on memory. I mean, the criticism is that these new exams are designed without a thought for lower attaining pupils and those with special educational needs and disabilities. No, that's not true. They are still all ability exams. We should see the same proportions achieving the grades as in the previous system. And when we prepared and reformed these GCSEs, which took, by the way, uh, many years to do, we consulted widely and we had an impact assessment to determine what Im impact they would have on children of all abilities and on children with special educational needs. And of course, exam boards do make special arrangements for children with special educational needs. They have extended time or a scribe and so on, or, or, or larger print for, for certain children. So that's, those arrangements continue. We do want to make sure that every child regardless of their special needs or ability, is able to take this exam, which is designed to cater for the whole spectrum of ability. That was the UK Schools Minister Nick Gibb there speaking to Sky's Sarah-Jane Mee. Nancy Ellis, Assistant General Secretary of the National Education Union in the UK, spoke to Sky's Annie Joyce. I've spoken to a student picking up her results today. One of her issues was the fact that whilst they were in classes, you know, learning the, the material that they'd have to then be tested on, um, one of the problems, even the teachers themselves found it difficult to be able to work out where a student was in terms of the level that they were hitting. And that's been really difficult because um, these these GCSEs, as I say, have been coming in gradually, the new ones. So there's been no way of telling how students are doing, you know, from when they first begin at, at uh, in secondary school. Schools have always done a kind of a tracking to make sure they know what a level a, a student is at so that you can tell what more is needed before you get to your GCSEs. But we don't have that data available uh, across enough years years yet in all of the subjects for that tracking to be done. So that makes it very difficult for both pupils and uh, teachers to be able to understand what's what's going on. And of course, because these exams are now uh, a single exam or a few exams in a subject at the end of the sub of the end of the course, it means that the stakes are much higher around actually, you know, you have to pass at that point and get the best grade that you can at that point. So if you don't know 
what your trajectory is, where you're heading, then then that makes it much more difficult. Mm. And and exams themselves are quite stressful at the best of times. Um, But how much more of an impact would you say these reforms have had on, you know, the, the, the mental health of young people? Well, we we went out on a we did a snap poll of our members uh, over the last uh, month or so to ask them those sorts of questions, and actually uh, we asked specifically whether we thought the the whether our members thought that the new assessment method had impacted on student mental health, for example. And the view of our members was uh, 73% of them said that it had made student mental health worse, and and that's the the impact of reformed GCSEs, and that is the stress of having to do it all at the end of the course there being no real opportunity to resit if you don't get what what you need except in English and maths where you have to keep resitting um, and and that has its own stresses but the other aspect for us is the the fact of the the narrowing of the curriculum so we know that uh, there was a 30% drop in entries to the non-EBAC subjects and that's things like the arts uh, music um, uh, um, and, and things like that, that actually design technology, that, that are things that, that students are really, that kind of broaden that education out, but because they're not in the EBAC, many students aren't, aren't uh, pushed to take them and, and aren't recommended to take them. So it really narrows that curriculum down. And then the final thing I would say around the, the narrowing of the curriculum is that because the exams have, have become fuller, if you like, the syllabus is fuller, um, the uh, students are making their choices of GCSE much earlier, so they're now making them midway through the second year of secondary, year eight, many in many schools, and we're finding that's that's a much bigger range each year. Uh, what we found this year in in our survey, 61% of members who responded to our survey said that their students were choosing. Um, choosing their subjects at age 12 rather than than later because the GCSEs are, are, are being taught over three years rather than two. And that means students haven't had an opportunity really to learn in design technology and, and um, art and music for more than maybe five terms before they're making choices about, you know, a future that for a 12-year-old is, is a long way away. Um, but they're being told that this is really important decision. So the stress starts there in terms of choosing and narrowing down to a, a limited range of academic subjects. Are there some positives, though, to these reforms? We haven't really found that there are positives. I mean, we asked our members whether they saw um, that the the exams uh, were allowing them to uh, to, re- to to reflect students' abilities better, or whether they were increasing student engagement in in their education. And I'm afraid our answers that our members' answers were were a resounding no to to the fact that these might be improving anything. These were reforms brought in under the former Education Secretary during uh, Michael Gove's time in that role. Um, We've got a different Education Secretary now, Gavin Williamson. Um, Is the government listening to your concerns? I don't think they are. Um, and they're not just our concerns. I mean, when you think about that, that EBAC um, measure that we have, uh, we've seen former Secretaries of State come out this week um, suggesting that the EBAC should be scrapped so that there isn't that pressure on, on those few subjects. Um, 
and uh, you know we we would agree with that that would be our our first recommendation really for for the new secretary of state um and and he has talked about the importance of um uh, of the the skills agenda and the interwork agenda and i think if we're really looking at what students need in order to prepare them for the world of work and and for you know living more generally actually uh, looking at whether the EBAC subjects are the best way of doing this and whether the, um, you know, a single exam at the end of a two or three year course is the best way of motivating students and helping them to learn for the real world. That's what we would want the new Secretary of State to be thinking about very carefully. And finally then, for students picking up their results today, uh, perhaps not doing as well as they'd hoped to, what would your advice to them be? Uh, well, we'd like to congratulate everybody who's picking up their results today. Obviously, they will have worked extraordinarily hard to get what they what they can. Um, we would advise those students to have long conversations with their teachers, with their schools, about what are the options for them, um, and to think about um, you know what what their choices need to be now. Schools will be teachers will be available in schools to to support those, that decision making, and I think that's where those conversations need to happen. Nancy Ellis there, Assistant General Secretary of the National Education Union, reflecting on the UK's new GCSEs. Thanks for listening. Join us next week.